Hello, and welcome back to the Electric Punch Podcast. As always, I am your host, Logan Grigsby, and we are going to have a terrifyingly terrific show for you tonight. For the usual announcements, the Electric Punch Podcast stands with people of all cultural, ethnic, religious, racial, and sexual backgrounds. We believe in creating a safe and positive environment for anyone and everyone who wants to participate in our festivities. So remember, look out for each other, drink more water, be kind, love each other, wear a jacket. Hoes do indeed get cold. I'm finding that out more and more every day. So with that, I have the absolute pleasure to welcome on tonight's guest, Nate, Nate Hargist of Recycled Funk. How are you doing? Ah, not bad, not bad. So uh, I'd like to obviously thank you for coming on, taking the time out of your busy schedule. I know not easy scheduling can be hard, so thank you. Well, thank you for having me. Okay, so my first question would have to be, how many times can you recycle the funk? Well, I believe you can recycle the funk as many times as you damn well. Please. Oh, hell yeah. That's a, that, that's a good answer. That's, that's what I was looking to hear. So let's get started uh, with a little bit of background. Were you kind of born and raised in Kansas City, or were you brought here later on in life? Uh, later in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, this month, actually, is my 10-year Kansas City anniversary. Oh, yeah. So where, where are you kind of from? And you said you moved here about 10 years ago, so 2013-ish? Yeah. Yeah, I graduated from Washburn University in Topeka, Kansas, which is my hometown. Um, <laughs> a lot of things have been said about Topeka, especially since moving from there. Um, po- so, po- pos- positive? Less than positive? Well, um, <laughs> sometimes the comments leave uh, something to be desired, but I can't say that I always disagree with them. <laughs> They've got a lot of good people there in Topeka, and I miss a lot of them. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. But um, yeah, let's see. Uh, I did a short stint in uh, Lawrence, right between um, Topeka and Kansas City. Yeah, so slow, slowly moved your way out here little by little. Yeah, um, basically, well, this is interesting. All right, so I started DJing in about 2011. Mm-hmm. Uh, very shortly after that, um, somehow, Big Gigantic, everybody knows Big Gigantic yeah. now. Um, they were they were coming in concert to Lee Arena at Washburn University in Topeka, Kansas. Damn. Okay. And I was just like, "What? What is this? <laughs> what um, is this going I'm on?" I'm gonna get to the bottom of this, and then I wound up being direct support on the show. Well, hell yeah! So immediately, I thought, oh, "Yeah, I'm gonna blow up, dude. I just started <laughs> doing this. This is gonna be awesome. That's gotta be. I'm gonna a move to surreal. Kansas City and see what happens. And I moved here and." Um, didn't have a gig for like a year. <laughs> it was a quick reality check. Get, get to, your dreams up real quick, and then reality comes in. And it's like, okay, we're gonna tone tone you down a little bit. Yeah, the universe is like, yeah, you're gonna have to work a little harder than that. <laughs> yeah, we'll give you just that taste, get you excited. Yeah. Oh god, I was terrified for that show. Uh, I, I definitely drank more than I should have before that show, just for just nerves. Sometimes you got. Like, sometimes you gotta. So, so, um, do you come from a pretty musical background and family? Me personally, no. Uh, I didn't start doing any kind of music until I, I started playing the guitar recreationally when I was 18. It was more of like a therapy tool Absolutely. at the time. Uh, but I didn't really start taking it seriously here uh, really until the last few years with, uh, with the project, with Recycled Funk. Um, other members of the band, um, um, some of them classically trained. Um, Absolutely. So do you have any pri- like real teaching experience? Or are you pretty self-taught? Uh, for the most part, self-taught. Um, our lead guitar player, George Schramm, mm-hmm. uh, he's, uh, he's taught me a lot of cool tricks, kind of put me down some right paths. Oh, yeah. Um, 
I'd say at this point, he's probably been the most helpful uh, mm-hmm. teacher that I've had, actually. Absolutely. So I know you said you see DJ and you got the guitar down. Was the guitar the first instrument you kind of picked up? And what all do you kind of have an understanding of? Um, well, yeah, that's the, I, I play a little bit of bass. I'm trying to teach myself that currently. Um, maybe one day we'll see it live in a show. Oh, yeah. Um, maybe the one coming up here in Kansas City, February 18th at the mm-hmm. record bar. We'll see. Oh, yeah. That is still to be seen. But, um, yeah, um, I guess I don't, I don't know. All good. So if you could instantly master any instrument, what do you think you would pick? Uh, it would be guitar. I mean, I still have a long way to go on that. Absolutely. Everybody, yeah. it's, I feel like that's such something that you're always mastering every day, even if you've been doing it for 20 years and playing sold out shows. You're still always getting a little bit better. Practice always makes perfect. I will say it'd be pretty cool to be a really awesome harmonica player. Oh, that would be kick-ass. That would be kick-ass. I don't think I've heard that one before. I've heard a lot. I hear piano a lot, but harmonica, I don't think I've heard that one before. I, I like that. I just go blues traveler on them. Okay, so do you have any uh, artists that inspire you? Uh, me personally, I think um, some of the artists that have been the most influenced to me um, Gosh, I want to say Grizz, Pretty Lights. You know, Pretty Lights had the most to do with me getting into electronic music in the first place. Uh, Grammatic gave me the idea that like, yo, this DJ that kind of sounds like a band, but kind of doesn't, can have all these different instrumental pieces coming around it. So I would say those three were um, wildly instrumental and to me personally getting into music. Hell yeah, hell yeah. But then you go back and it's like, I come from a rock background. Like, I grew up on classic rock, uh, blues. Jimi Hendrix is Jesus as far as guitar Mm -hmm. and blues is concerned (laughs) and rock and roll. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so going back, do you think you have any uh, concerts or music festivals that kind of stand out in your brain that made you say, wow, like, I want to be a part of this. I need to be a part of this. Well, for for me personally, uh, the the dream of incorporating. Let me. I guess let me back up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like I was, uh, I, I I saw Grammatic at Red Rocks for his very first oh, headline, oh, and yeah. I think uh, I think it was two thousand fourteen, mm-hmm. maybe fifteen. I don't remember. But that's that's where I got the idea that yo, I want to I want to have instruments involved in this DJ thing that I'm doing. Absolutely. And um, so, so that show in particular probably had the biggest effect. Mm-hmm. But going back to what got me into the whole thing in the first place, um, man, I was really, really sold at Mimosa at mm-hmm. the Granada in like 2012, which like it was cool. The next time he came, he came to Liberty Hall and I got to open that show. And that was kind of the start of... Uh, that was one of the bigger shows I had played at that point mm-hmm. after that big gigantic show. That was kind of like my big break into the Kansas City Lawrence. Kind Absolutely. Of thing. Um, yeah. Okay. So can you walk me a little bit through about how you kind of met your bandmates and kind of what led to the creation of Recycled Funk? That's a, that's a, that's a fun story. So right after I went to that grammatic show, um, mm-hmm. I, I went to this house party with my roommate at the time. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I saw this random dude I'd never seen in my life before wearing a grammatic shirt. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. Come to find out he didn't, he didn't really know anybody at the party either. And we're like, this isn't really the spot. Let's shake the spot. So we got out, uh, we went out to Westport and got some drinks and we got to chopping it up and it's like, yo, we both kind of like mess around in Ableton and play an instrument poorly. He (laughs) he played his saxophone. I played a guitar and we, I'm going to be straight up. We weren't any good. Mm-hmm. but we started messing around with things um he started uh, let's see i don't know if he started dating her if he was already dating her when we met i can't remember but he's married to her now uh sam uh her little brother mm-hmm. is would become the the third member um his name's george um so he and Matt are brother-in-laws now, and then there's oh, me. Yeah. And then uh, Matia, oh, like a year later, he uh, he plays drums, does vocals, has a big part in the production process. He's an idea factory. Um, but he just harassed the shit out of us, man. Like, he just came, <laughs> came to, like, I think Matt and I opened for, like, Manic Focus or something like that, doing just, like, a DJ deal. Mm-hmm. And he, at that show, like, came up to me. He's like, yo, dude, I want to jam. Like, you want to jam? Like, all right. Like, yeah. let's, let's have this dude come jam. And, like, as soon as he came, I was like, yeah, we got Yeah, we like, we like we his vibes. Dude. Yeah, yeah, we fuck with this dude for sure. Okay. So what is the story behind the name Recycled Funk? Um, a lot of people like to, to think of it as a genre and we think of it more as like a feeling, you know, Mm -hmm. like the funk is, is anything you want it to be. It's anything that gets you moving, gets you grooving, uh, recycled doesn't necessarily mean like we're remixing anything, but we're taking inspiration and bits and pieces from the past and spinning them into something that's relevant to the future. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I like, I like that a lot. So what color do you think best describes you and the project's energy? Green and purple. Green and purple? Hell yeah. Okay, um, so let's talk a little bit about your creative process. What kind of does that look for you guys? How much of it is like a dynamic uh, going back and forth and feeling out what you like? What does that kind of look like for you guys? Chaos. Chaos. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it, it's different every time. Um... A lot of times George will come up with um, a melody and kind of like a base of a song. And mm-hmm. then Mati will start throwing ideas at it. And Matt is the chief, you know, behind the computer making it happen. He's our technology captain. He's the main, uh, main producer in the project. Um, and they kind of spin it into the next level and then i tell him what's wrong with it absolutely <laughs> <laughs> but then we all just kind of like take turns at like morphing it into to what it is okay. um, i think is probably the best way to answer that but it goes differently with every track honestly okay hell yeah so um tell me a little bit about the strengths and maybe a little bit about the weaknesses that you think each each member of you guys ha- have and trying to bring to the group um let's see That's a good question. Um, well, I'm going to start with George. George is our best instrumentalist. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's classically trained, even though he uh, dropped out of college. 
Matia actually graduated from the same program that he dropped out of, which is fun. Uh, I but bet they, they get a little bit of back and forth sometimes. Uh, sometimes. George has proven that he didn't need it, though. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the best of us do drop out of college, or at least I want to tell myself that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. Uh, Kanye West ma- uh, named a whole album that, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, Matia, as I said, he's an idea factory. Um, he's a social butterfly. He's great at getting the word out. You know, uh, Matt, he's, he's the brain. Um, he's the man with the, the ideas, how to make things work. Um, the main producer, he's the guy that spends the most time behind the computer in the studio doing the, doing the dirty work. Absolutely. I guess he's not so bad at saxophone either. <laughs> he's played it once or twice. Yeah. And myself, uh, stuff to talk about myself, I guess. Uh, my strengths, I guess, are I've been in this business for a while at this point. Um, obviously going on 10 years now, uh, just collecting experience. And you know, maybe I should know more than I do by this point. But either way... Um, so I do, I do the mm-hmm. business in the, the management. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm essentially our booking agent, our tour manager. Um, so do you guys kind of yeah. go about uh, planning out days or do they kind of just happen when you're going to work, work on some music? Uh, we, we typically have a schedule, mm-hmm. uh, but those days work out differently depending on each member's schedule. Absolutely. I imagine with four people, it's a little bit harder than with just a DJ or two. Put, put yeah, stuff together. yeah. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and George has other projects as well. Uh, he's, he's plays with, uh, other bands, does, uh, does gospel with the church too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay, so um, tell me a little bit about the day of the show. What does that kind of look like for you guys? How do you kind of plan what your set's going to look like? Um, do you have any pre-show rituals or anything like that? Um, I guess everyone's different um, depending on the circumstance. Um, we just try to get there and uh, you know be in good spirits and. Mm-hmm tackle any problems as they come um yeah show days are just they're always different you know absolutely okay so um how do you go about uh looking to talking to and responding to fans in the community and trying and social media um as as far as both social media and yes full spectrum yeah um well, we try to make it out to as many shows as we can um, of, you know, that's what we're inspired by, mm-hmm. what we're into. Uh, it seems like they had a whole lot of those right there in the month of October this year. Oh, yeah. It's been <laughs> the last two, shows. three months hit. Slow down a little bit now, but. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. But uh, yeah, uh, especially Mati and I uh, mm-hmm. are, are the more social, go out, talk to people kind of things. And just like, just go hang. Like we're, it's cool when people are really excited about what we're doing. Uh, it's really good feeling when you go out and people come up to you like, Oh, you guys are killing it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've, I've had that happen for the first time the other day, 35 episodes in and it happened for the first time. I almost cried, but (laughs) (laughs) absolutely. It, it really is a fan. Fantastic feeling. Um, so when you guys make music, do you think you're making it more for your audience or do you, are you kind of making, making it for yourselves and hoping other people kind of appreciate it? 
man, we just get ideas and we run with them and hope mm. people like them, you know? Um, of course there's, there's times in the process where it's like, man, are people going to think that's completely fucking weird or mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, well, cool. Let's just yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's usually where we land on those kind of things. But, um, yeah, we're just, we're, we're just doing it to, to have fun and, mm -hmm bring some good energy um to people's lives when they come to the shows you know that's like the main goal of doing this is make people's problems disappear for just a little bit you absolutely know? absolutely so can you tell me a little bit about the first first show you guys played as a group uh yeah yeah that's kind of a hard question so there was two there was two shows yeah. that you could have called our first one so our our I'm just going to roll with the first one that's, yeah. that, was, that was Recycled Funk by name. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was a Floozies Funk Street after party oh, in yeah. 2017. And sold it out. It was amazing. Um, one of my favorite photos of our whole existence mm -hmm. was like the fam photo, you know, at the end where somebody takes a picture yeah. of you know, all the people who are involved in the whole crowd. But... Um, yeah, that night was really crazy. It was like a, there was a big transition time in my personal life. And um, that night was not only much needed, but gosh, it just like catapulted the whole thing into the direction that it went. Oh, yeah. And my life into the direction that it's gone subsequently. Yeah. But, okay, so going on from your first show, what show are you personally most proud of being a part in? Hmm. I think mm -hmm. for me, it was bringing live music back to Kansas City after Absolutely. COVID. Absolutely. That uh, we, uh, we teamed up with Reconnection mm -hmm. and we co-produced. Um, it was us and Manic Focus headlining. Um, gosh, I think, I think Prismata was on it. Um, I can't remember. The, that night was so much. But just like several people it came up to me and were just like crying and telling me how much they needed it. And, oh, yeah. and that, that was, it, it really that was, was a heavy. special time. That man. was heavy. And, uh, now looking back on it, it was like such a weird, weird time. And mm -hmm. like, we didn't even know how to talk to each other, you know, mm -hmm. like we kind of forgot how to go out and be in social situations. I know I did. As soon as I saw like a little group of people over like five, I was like, Oh, oh shit. Like <laughs> I got kind of nervous, you know, <laughs> social anxiety kicked in and absolutely. I've always been kind of a, uh, I grew up a, a bashful person, I think. And I fought a lot to get to where I am as far as I am, uh, socially. Mm -hmm. So, um, had some relearning to do for Absolutely. me. And I think that applied to a lot of people, but man, that night was really special. Um, big props to manic focus to, to doing it with us. Um, we had like aerial performers. It was so cool. Well, hell yeah. yeah. That was probably the most meaningful show. I, I don't know if that was my favorite show, but the one that, yeah, absolutely. I, see, I, I kind of go for more, uh, sentimental shows and maybe the biggest show just because it's the biggest show doesn't mean it's the most impressive to you okay so uh what do you think is the most rewarding part of your job what do you think gives you the most satisfaction man i just like playing music um you know getting up there in front of a crowd that's that's really 
responsive and and into it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing quite like it. Absolutely. And 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 honestly, those moments, like I said before, where people tell you how much it means to them, or mm-hmm. like when um, a certain song made them feel a certain way, or got them through a bad day, or changed something around for them, or whatever it may be, just those 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 little things over and over, like. I mean, anybody who does music knows it's a labor of love. Absolutely. So the more the love is what you you love to see, mm-hmm. but also just like, man, going out there and kicking it with my boys and going and kicking some jams, it's just kind of priceless, you know? Absolutely. So I guess on the other end of that spectrum, what do you think is the most stressful or hardest part of your job? Man, the, the music business in general is a very stressful Absolutely. business to be in um it's also kind of stressful trying to teeter back and forth between like manager mode and artist mode mm-hmm. that's Too hard to do yeah. mindsets of yeah. how you want to do it band like you said earlier you're kind of doing it for the love of it but you're doing it from a business mindset you can't kind of think about it like that as much yeah yeah like chris otter and i last summer at reconnection he was stage managing mm-hmm. um you know, for anybody who doesn't know, Chris Otter, you know, mm-hmm. huge, huge influence in in the Kansas City electronic music scene. Like, uh, I don't know if anybody else has out, outdone him in the last 10 years here. Um, but yeah, he and I were talking and uh, we've been known to butt heads on stage from time to time. And we did. And we, we talked about it the next day. And he's like, man, like, I just know it's, it's so hard to go from from logistics management mm-hmm. make sure everything's set up properly to like okay let's go rip this mode absolutely. as a musician absolutely and like that transition time at shows mm-hmm. i think is the most stressful for me personally absolutely i can't speak for the rest of my guys though so say you're opening up for a show what do you kind of do to get the crowd hyped up and going and get them to a good level Um. I don't know. Like we just we just do our thing. Uh, for opening for somebody, we try to keep in mind. Like a lot of times, we'll hold back some of our more mm-hmm. banger tracks, you know, that are better for later set. Absolutely. <clears throat> but um, no man, we just we just come out and be ourselves and <clears throat> excuse me, and try to do a good show. Absolutely. It's the same. It's the same. Same thing, really. If you're opening or direct support or headlining uh, we're just gonna come try to do our best every time oh yeah okay so how do you think your personality is reflected in your music um sorry i'm pouring some water over here you're good getting distracted (laughs) i'm just trying not to spill it on anything I don't should have to get another laptop charger. God, don't even can't even blame it on the cats that time. That warranty, it better be covered. Cover everything. I think I think our tracks honestly are a pretty good mix of who all four of us are. Mm-hmm. Um, which sometimes you can you can tell listening through uh, our music that sometimes. It's quite surprising. Absolutely. Which directions it ends up going. <clears throat> like you think, oh, this is 
this is nice. This is mm-hmm. nice and chill. I could listen to this at a coffee shop and then like, oh, big drop. So I, I mean, like we get a little bit of, of everybody's flavor in there, I think. And um, it's kind of hard to say which thing is whose. Absolutely. Um, okay, so here's a tough question. If you could be any, if you were any fruit or vegetable, what fruit or vegetable do you think you would be and why? I want to be a cucumber, something fun like that. Strawberry. <laughs> I think I would probably be a coconut because sometimes I can be pretty hard headed. <laughs> I felt that. I felt that. <laughs> uh, so if you were to throw a charity or benefit concert for any charitable cause that you feel like, yeah, any charitable cause that you want, what do you think you would pick and why? Well, I think what I'm supposed to say is uh, some kind of a recycling effort. <laughs> well, yeah. I actually tried last spring to set up uh, a trash mm-hmm. pickup initiative, and uh, it didn't. It uh, it wasn't uh, participated in as heavily as yeah. we had uh, we had hoped for. But Nobody maybe we'll try that again. Everybody loves recycling funk, but they don't like actually recycling. <laughs> so, um. Do you have any weaknesses that you are currently working on? Um, personally, professionally? Professionally, yes. Professionally. Um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure we do. It's kind of it's kind of hard to to pinpoint one thing. Absolutely. I think one area that most people can stand to get better at is communication Mm -hmm. and i think that's especially true for any team um so i'd say that would would be our weakness at times because we all have busy lives sometimes okay maybe communication yeah i don't know okay so how do you think you would describe your sound to somebody who wasn't quite so knowledgeable in like edm or even kind of funk hmm it's um it lives somewhere between jam band world and mm-hmm. electronic DJ world. Okay. Um I think it takes pieces uh that hip hop lovers, especially hip hop from like the 90s and 2000s, uh, a lot of the like, root stuff that came up before trap music. Absolutely. Um which we we've been talking about making a trap song for a while, so maybe we'll do that. <laughs> it just oh, reminded me of it. Send. We hadn't talked about that in a long time. Okay. But uh yeah, I mean it's got some jazz, it's got some some rock, it's got some blues, and of course it's got some funk in it. Oh yeah. You know, we appeal to a pretty pretty wide gap of audience um as far as ages and generations go. For instance, mm-hmm. one time uh we were doing a show in Manhattan, Kansas. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had four generations of a family on the dance floor at the same time. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. That's gotta, that's gotta be, that's gotta be a wild, wild, wild. Yeah. That was, uh, that was kind of mind blowing to be mm-hmm. honest with you. <laughs> okay. So how do you kind of see your sound evolving in the next five years or so? How do you kind of want to expand and not even just your sound, but your brand as well? Uh, I want to play Red Rocks, man. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's the goal. That's where the dream was born for me. Mm-hmm. And that's where, uh, we want to take it. Um, 
So, of course, in the next five years, I would love to see that happen. Oh, hell yeah. As far as our sound, man, we just keep trying new stuff and seeing what seeing what works, see what we can keep having fun with, because that's like the important thing. Uh, if we're not having fun, then, you know, the audience Absolutely. isn't going to have fun Absolutely. either. So. Okay, so if you could go on tour with any three artists, do you have any three, any three that kind of jump out to you that would be an absolute dream for you to go on tour with? I mean, Pretty Lights Live Band came back. I would love that one. Mm -hmm. That would be perfect. Um, and uh, STS9 would be a good fit for us, I think. Um, Grizz LS Dream man, oh, I love yeah. that dude too. Like he uh, he showed us some love last summer um, mm -hmm. with getting us. He let us play right before his headline set at Reconnection, and that was awesome. Like he handpicked us out of uh, all, like basically all the other artists that were on there. Mm -hmm. It was kind of crazy. Like I, I wrote him this little sales pitch, and they just went for it. It's like no oh, way. Yeah. And I met him. He's like the nicest dude. Like so down to earth, such a talented guy, but he's he's also been a big influence. Absolutely. So thinking back through your career, what are just some random, weird, fun, strange memories that just might pop up in your mind? Oh man, there's a lot of them. Um, I knew this was going to be a question, and I couldn't. I couldn't decide on one thing. There's you don't have to decide on one. I, we, we definitely can hear get get a get a few of these out here. Well, uh, the craziest thing, as far as what most people would actually consider crazy, was uh, I, I really feel like Matsu and I almost died one time trying to get to our first Denver show. Mm -hmm. um, we're driving out there and. At one point, the they had said I seventy was closed, and it it wasn't. I guess once we got, it's like, all right, well, it's supposed, it's supposed to be closed past uh, Slinger or Haze or whatever it was. It's like, well, it's open. I guess we'll keep going. Yeah, there's like more cars in the ditch than there were on the highway. There's, <laughs> oh, there was man. snow blowing like completely parallel to the ground. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, we're gonna fucking die out here. Uh, but we didn't. We made it. And that was uh, that was an adventure. Hopefully, we don't run into anything like that again. Um, <laughs> um, Fingers crossed. We keep global warming. <laughs> I mean, uh, well, maybe not. Uh, I'll I'll take winners if it means you know, like polar bears yeah, can polar stay alive, bears. and in fifty years we're not completely fucked. So, um, let's see. Tech Nine came into my green room at Crossroads and asked to use my bathroom. That was that was pretty surprising. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Hell of a nice guy. Yeah. Best manners. Oh hell yeah. Yeah. Um, he was man. Like when I was in high school, I was jamming some Tech Nine too. Mm -hmm. Like I definitely froze up a little bit. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> so that, that, I was that's... like, oh shit, Tech Nine, what are you doing in my green room? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's actually another one of my questions. Have you ever kind of felt starstruck before? And how do you deal with kind of nervousness and stuff like that? Um, yeah. I don't get starstruck too much, mm -hmm. uh, besides maybe a little hiccup. Um, there was one time uh, when we were, like, Matia had let uh, another band borrow, like, part of his drum kit at Backwoods Music Festival a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And we were breaking that down um, after their set, like packing it up and 
just Grizz was over there and vibing. Yeah, and I I just like couldn't think of anything to say to him. I was like, what's up, dude? <laughs> Like, I don't know if I was too nervous or what, oh, but absolutely. Yeah, Monty, Monty had got to talk to him a little bit, and I was just like, hey, dude, nice to meet you. Hmm. I don't know if you remember me from the uh, the warehouse party back, the guy that couldn't play sax and couldn't <laughs> play. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how, how do you think that your feelings of confidence has changed since starting out playing to today? Obviously, I'm sure you're a bit more confident today, right? I would say so. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely more confident than than I was uh, when I was younger. I I think maybe I might have tended to mm-hmm. to drink a little more, mm-hmm. um, and that's fake confidence. Mm-hmm. Not always the confidence that you want. Absolutely. But um, yeah, it's I think when it comes to having confidence and getting in front of people and doing music. I think the biggest thing to remember is to just breathe. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you could go back five years and give yourself some advice, what do you think it would be? Hmm. That's a good question. I don't know if I would, because I really believe that everything works out the way it's supposed to with due diligence. Absolutely. Absolutely. So have you ever participated in any sort of music competition or anything like that? Uh, I did a Dance Festopia DJ competition mm-hmm. back in like 2015 or something like that. And I won. I won. Oh, yeah. yeah what was, was your kind fun. of experience like that? Was it kind of a different set of nerves knowing you're kind of competing against other people? Well, I went into it definitely not expecting to win. Mm-hmm. Like I was coming in with this like funky blend and I was playing guitar and I was playing some of my first original music. Um, This was before Recycled Mm Funk. I guess I was a little bit nervous about it, but I was like, I'm just going to go do something different and see what happens. Absolutely. And it it worked, I guess. Yeah. So what do you think is the biggest sacrifice that you have made for your career? Well, for, for, for me, um, not really being able to bite down on full-time employment during the stages where it's, it's building Mm -hmm. and where it isn't there yet. Um, me doing what I do for the project, Mm -hmm. it's, it, it doesn't really allow me to have a normal job during normal hours. So it's been tough financially at times for me, but. Um, I feel like I've gotten to a place where that doesn't matter as much and I have enough and that's what matters. Absolutely. Okay. So what strengths do you think someone needs to be a great musician? Uh, to be a great musician or to, to have success with it. Answer both of those kind of give me yeah a little bit of both of those. Because there, there, I do, I do agree that there is a big difference between being a successful musician and making good music. Well, I think one for both of them is being kind of stubborn. Yeah, won't like, take, won't take life lying down. Like you got to be patient. You got to be stubborn. I think um, it takes a lot of patience to get good at music, and it takes a lot of patience uh, to be successful with music because. 
a lot of times I feel like people are doing the right thing. Artists are doing the right thing. And then just, you know, they run across the right person at the right time or the right opportunity happens for them. And Absolutely. Things, I don't know. Some of us being lucky, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So what are your uh, dance skills like? Um, I don't know. I'm a solid four out of 10. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, I just go with the groove, man. <laughs> okay, so say you're having a bad day. What do you personally do to make yourself feel better? Um, well, working on music, DJing never hurts. Oh, yeah. Just kind of yeah. throw yourself into the music some more? Yeah, I mean, like, honestly, though, I mean, what, what everybody has to do when they're feeling down, you got to mm-hmm. make sure you're eating right, you got to get some exercise, mm-hmm. you got to... You got to make sure you take care of yourself physically and mentally to make sure you can do whatever you're trying to do the best uh, and highest quality that you can deliver. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, playing shows can obviously be a lot of late nights, long hours. How do you kind of deal with the stress of not having a normal nine to five hours, but having to sometimes be out till three in the morning, sometimes having to be out later? How do you kind of find a good work life balance with all of that? Just make it work. if you want something to work bad enough you figure it out it's different all the time sometimes it sucks Mm -hmm. most of the times the way i wanted my life was whenever it sucks that's what i remind myself i'm like yeah this is a good problem to have Mm -hmm. okay so uh you sing in the shower and if so what man i really like reggae probably some stick figure Mm mm-hmm uh yeah of course of course i sing in the shower um, <laughs> man uh let's see it turns out my top song last year mm-hmm. and this had to have just been from shower singing because i don't i didn't listen to it much other but it was uh tyler childers white house road mm-hmm. it's a fun one i'm not a big country fan but that one gets me every time every time so, um, what advice do you think you would give to somebody who's new in the scene, has pretty good music, but they never really played a show or anything like that? What advice would you give to them? Um, hmm. Well, put together, put together the material that you need to sell yourself mm-hmm. and figure out who is buying and mm-hmm. go sell it to them. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. So, if you don't, if you th- weren't working on your music career right now, what kind of career do you think you'd be trying to work on? I feel like I'd probably be in sales or something like that. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, being a musician a little bit is kind of sales. You're selling yourself in a way. Absolutely. Hmm. Yeah. Um, my degree was in. Um, let's see. What was it called? It's a Bachelor of Arts, mm-hmm. Mass Media major, emphasis in public relations. So I might be doing something along those lines. I worked at an ad agency in college. That was pretty cool. Um, yeah, hard to say. Probably one of those things, though. No, I, I, I feel that completely. So if you had an unlimited budget to do anything in the EDM community, what do you think you would do and why? I would probably throw a conscious music festival in actual Kansas City. Oh, yeah. I don't know where exactly, but... We'll figure it out. We got that unlimited yeah. budget. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Dance Festopia's got the uh, the heavy, uh, maybe more mainstream vibe. Mm-hmm. But um, 
I, I would I would probably throw like a reconnection style festival mm-hmm. as like a hometown festival Absolutely. and feature as many uh as many local entities as I could. Absolutely. So and I'd get GT lasers to bring lasers out. Oh, get hell antics yeah. to do production. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if you were to be remembered for one thing, what do you think, what would you want it to be? Being a good human. Oh, yeah. Respectable. Respectable. Okay. So how do you uh, see your sound changing in the future? And do you have kind of plans on experimenting with other genres? I know you said some of your members have other projects. What a, what a, do you have any plans on maybe doing anything else like that? Um, we've got, um, we've got a few different blocks of flavor coming up. Mm -hmm. We've got, gosh, if I had to compartmentalize it, I'd say we have like some, some heavier electronic stuff. Uh, we've got some stuff that sounds like very, uh, jam band esque, Mm -hmm. but still incorporates, you know, those electronic elements, synthesizers, whatnot. Um, and then we've got a pool of like lo-fi music, um, or I don't know if we, I don't know if that's the right way to put it. It's not quite lo-fi, mm. but it's definitely Something way less electronic, too. slow pace, very chill. Yeah, yeah. So we're probably gonna do. Uh, it looks like we're we're gonna do an EP of that style of music coming up sometime this year. Um, still being being finished right now. Mm-hmm. So what? Have you had any weird or strange encounters while working a show? Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's been some weird ones. Um, <laughs> let's see. As soon as, uh, right after I was done playing at a festival a couple of years ago, a uh, naked dude that was obviously, you know, <laughs> I mean, he, he wasn't quite in his right mind, you know. Uh, but he he had a body language like, is this dude gonna like? <laughs> is he coming after me right now? Like I'm over here like remembering high school football. Like <laughs> all right, I gotta square up and keep keep my hips low here in case this guy decides to, you know, come after me. <laughs> that one that one jumps out a little bit. Um, yeah. I don't know. Sometimes fans do wild stuff. But oh, absolutely. I don't want to be too hard on any of them. <laughs> okay. Do you think you could describe a time where you had little to no experience or you might have been a little bit over your head for the situation? And how did you kind of deal with and handle that? Um, hmm. Good question. I don't know that um, I've ever, well, I guess, uh, all right, so before I did the band, I worked stage crew at Crossroads mm-hmm. in addition to, to DJing uh, or Grinders or I don't know exactly Whatever what they're they calling it these, it these days. days. Yeah, 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 that big, that big, <laughs> that big ass venue that's super awesome in the middle of Crossroads. Um, yeah, I was working there, and I at one show I demonstrated that I could set up CDJs. So, mm-hmm. so at that time, they thought that I knew all things electronic music. And Disclosure came with their live setup, which is very complex. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot of moving pieces, and I found myself like, like I got put on 
like putting some of that stuff together. Like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm like on YouTube over here. And like, <laughs> all right, cool. Like this dude looks very trustworthy. He's got a lot of followers. <laughs> it worked out though. Okay. Hell yeah. So, um, um, if you were to delete all but three apps from your cell phone, what three apps would you keep and why are they kind of important to you? Oh, are, are these like, does this exclude the ones that come on the yeah, phone? Yeah, you can keep like calculator and like calendar and stuff like and that. Like but email, I'll, is email part of that? I'll let you keep Gmail, but not Facebook if Facebook came pre on your phone. Okay, no, Facebook didn't. Okay, I, man. I have to keep YouTube. I guess I could just Google that though. Yeah. That's not that useful. Hmm. I'm overthinking this one. <laughs> let's just go with um let's go with Facebook, Instagram, and I've got this app that I just mm-hmm. I just really love it. I'm gonna pull it up right now, even though everybody out there is not gonna be able to, <laughs> to see it, but you can you can hear it and it's just like you just have to wait for the right moment and then <laughs> and it's got some other cool ones on there like this one i busted this one out on my buddy playing disc golf yesterday mm-hmm. i mean he missed an absolute gimme and i was just like oh no <laughs> so probably those three i don't know well i have never heard that one before so i yeah i'm glad to hear that <laughs> i need to sounds like something i need to get on my phone uh so do you consider yourself to be a competitive person and who do you think would be your biggest competition um yeah i guess i am i I grew up playing sports Mm -hmm. so i think that's kind of ingrained in me um as far as uh, my personal competition i have no idea i'm Mm -hmm. just competing against myself every day and that's the way we look at it as a project too it's like sometimes you get to looking around and I think it's normal to get a little bit jealous sometimes to seeing some people that are in the same, same lane getting to do things you want to absolutely, do. But absolutely. It's like at the end of the day, you, you, you just got to be grateful for what you have and, and be the best at what you're trying to do that you can do mm-hmm. and be better than the you yesterday. And I, and I think that's like, as far as like, if you're going to be doing music, I think that's the kind of competitive spirit you need to have is all within yourself and not externally. Absolutely. I don't think it really gets you anywhere being that way. So, um, how did I just, um, How do you deal? Have you ever had somebody try to request a song, and how do you deal with song requests? Uh, let's see. For the for the band, usually no. Mm-hmm. Uh, besides, every once in a while, I'll have somebody be like, "Hey, are you gonna play this? Are you mm-hmm. gonna play that?" But the only person I can think of is my good buddy Chris Chandler, who is without a doubt the number one recycled funk fan since day one. Oh hell yeah! There it is. I said it on air, buddy. <laughs> I know you're listening. But uh, yeah, he's made some requests before, and uh, I try my best to oblige, especially for that guy. Oh yeah, you got you got to watch out for your number one fan. If I'm DJing though, and somebody 
request something that's like completely off kilter. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you play know, this is clearly town. not an open format gig, but you want to ask me for Drake? Like, play Old Town Road, play Barbie Girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, oh, okay, word. What's your name? I'll like shout you out. And then, you know, you say their name and play She Thinks My Tractor's Sexy or something completely <laughs> different. So if you could go on tour for one year, in a foreign country you couldn't come back to the states you got to stay in that one country for the entire year what country would you want to go on tour in man it better be a big country if i'm touring for a whole year um i don't know i would love to say somewhere in in europe or central america but i don't think you could tour in any of those places for a whole year I feel like I'd have to say something like China or Canada or something like that. Hey, I think I think you'd rather want to do somewhere in Europe than than Canada. It's big, bro. It's sparse. I want to play. I mean, I would love to go on a European tour. The cities that I would like to mm-hmm. hit the most would probably be uh, Barcelona, Paris. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to go to Berlin. Oh, yeah. Like, so just kind of a general tour. I know it's not a country, but a general tour to Europe. Yeah, that would be oh, great. Yeah. I'd love it. So what are you most excited about in relation to your job this year? Um, seeing what happens, really. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got a lot of music that's going to come out this year, and I'm excited to see what comes with that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so um, what does the word plur mean to you? Um, I, I think it's peace, love, unity, respect. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, can you also tell me what the hell a Wook is? And could you describe it to me like I'm a five-year-old, I guess? Well, first you Google mm-hmm. Chris Otter. <laughs> and then you go from there. Uh or my friend uh, Ryan Turtle Thompson, he's actually probably the most famous of the Wooks. Mm-hmm. He's the Festy Pants McCooler boy, mm-hmm. the from Summer Camp made famous. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows Festy Pants McCooler boy, right? Everybody. 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 Okay, so what do you do after a show to de-stress and unwind and kind of celebrate? Um, man, I like to go, a lot of times I'll go isolate for five or 10 minutes, Mm -hmm. just be by myself and kind of breathe. Uh, back when I smoked cigarettes, I would go smoke a cigarette immediately. Absolutely. Um, thankfully those days are in the past. (laughs) So what kind of were you like in high school and how do you feel like you as a person has evolved and changed since then? I don't know. I was probably an asshole. (laughs) I don't know. I think of myself, uh, I think it's probably pretty normal to look back and Mm -hmm. think, oh my God, I'm such an idiot. But, uh, you know, without beating myself up too much, um, I think I was kind of a, one of the stoner kids more more or less, but like with good grades and Mm -hmm. I was in good standing. But I also, um, I don't know. I got in a lot of fights in school. Yeah, uh, I feel that. So, um, I was the, I grew up the fat kid, so I got, I got picked on a lot and then I started getting in fights and yada, yada, yada. I definitely was a bit of a fat kid. Still am. 
uh, like a year or two where I wasn't quite, but I love food. <laughs> so thinking about those times and thinking about, you know, unlearning some of that stuff um, mm -hmm. has been super valuable. And, um, you know, you just keep growing as a person every day and you just work on the things in, within yourself that, you know, need work and acknowledge that mm -hmm. you need work because everybody needs work right absolutely mm -hmm. always trying to be a better person than you were yesterday well, i like to think i'm in the best form that i've been as a human thus far yeah definitely better than high school version oh yeah <laughs> so what does your family kind of think about your career choices and how are they supportive um at first, it was kind of rough. Absolutely. Uh, my dad's pretty old school. Mm -hmm. He uh, he was a military man. Mm -hmm. And uh, my aunt, uh, she she was always fairly supportive, but I don't think she believed in it until like the last few years. Mm -hmm. Like after this project had gotten off the ground and we, I'd say it took about two years of that. Uh, and around that time, uh, my dad finally started calling it work. So that's cool. Yeah. That, that does gotta be a nice feeling. <laughs> yeah. No, he's really cool and really supportive, uh, now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I talking around to a lot of musicians, you know, they don't, they don't, they don't get that kind of support. And Absolutely. for those of us that do, um, I would encourage the rest of us to stay grateful. Absolutely. So say you found a bottle and it turned out to be magical, and there's a genie in it. You get three wishes, but none of them can directly benefit you. What do you think you would wish for? I would wish for uh, all countries of the world to stop polluting the air and the oceans. Oh, hell yeah. I have asthma, so I thank get, that you. directly benefits me, though. I, um, well, I, I guess would call indirectly. that like a little bit more of a grand thing. Yeah, I mean that's good for everybody. Yeah, right? except for maybe the corporations who have to pay a little bit more money to. I'll just say different. Nope, the world got cleaned <laughs> magically. That means we can pollute it more to make up for it. Some shit like that. Yeah, I, I think I would also wish for. Um, everybody to participate in in love more than mm -hmm. divisive thinking absolutely um and realize that we're all going to get way more done together and we have a lot more in common than we have mm -hmm. in difference um you know and um for a third one hmm. no more ar art uh big big <laughs> uh billionaire companies have to pay their fair share in taxes oh, without, God. without Finally, uh, someone does it without a uh, you know dropping off wages or hiking mm -hmm. prices on everything absolutely so <laughs> what is your zodiac sign and do you believe in astrology at all do you think uh zodiac signs might affect the type of people music people are gonna make or art i hope so because grizz and i are both gemini's God! Oh God! So that, uh, if I follow that kind of path at all, that'd be great. Uh, yeah, I believe in it. Um, I I don't know to what extent, but I've definitely noticed um, 
some of the things that my friends that are super into uh, astrology, some of the things that they've come up with for me are a little too creepily accurate. So, no, absolutely, absolutely. I will not do tarot cards anymore. My friends keep trying to get me to do that. I'm like, no, keep keep that away from me. I am gonna hard pass. I'm not falling into somebody else's destiny. <laughs> Uh, so do you think you have a spirit animal and what would that be? Um, I don't know. I thought maybe a lizard of some sort. Yeah? I don't know why though. Snake? Snake or you want legs? I think I would want legs. Yeah, I feel that. So more like Komodo dragon, something cool like that? I don't know. That seems like a lot of work. <laughs> I was thinking like gecko or something like gecko that. Gecko would be cool. But I don't know. Being on the higher on the food chain sounds nice. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, so fun fact. One of my friends almost got uh, eaten by a Komodo dragon when she was a baby. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Her, her family was living in, like, I think it was Thailand or something mm -hmm. like that at, uh, when she was growing up and uh, at that time. And was outside playing, and her mom just came outside, and it was just her and a Komodo dragon chilling in the yard. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, my God. You almost <laughs> got eaten by a dinosaur, dude. Oh, God. Okay, so we are running a little bit about on time. So why don't you tell me a bit about what what's coming up project-wise, release-wise, concert uh, performance-wise? What do we have to look forward to from Recycled fr Funk? Um, I know you said you have an EP coming up. Um, I'm told you have a show coming up. So yeah, why don't you tell us all about a little about that? Who all is playing? Who all are you performing with at your show? If you know. Yeah, so we got uh, we got quite a few things coming up. Uh, we're about to release our next single. It's called The Business. It's coming out on the 31st of this month on all platforms. Uh, February 18th, we have our headline show here in Kansas City at the Record Bar with our good buddies Deep Sequence coming up from Fayetteville. Um, we're going to be releasing some more music in February. Uh, we don't have any release scheduled yet for the the more chill lo-fi and stuff, mm -hmm. but um, I'm sure that's going to be coming sometime once the weather starts warming up. Um, let's see, we've got... Oh, I almost forgot. Um, February 11th, uh, Wichita, Tribal Roots Warehouse, uh, doing the Recycled Funk DJ set thing, supporting uh, Star Fox coming out from uh california i believe i believe he's from la i caught him at cervantes and he crushed it it's gonna be a great show um as far as immediate future that's what we got looking forward to june uh reconnection festival again uh, we always have a great time there um and looking forward to seeing what happens for the rest of the summer oh yeah well it sounds like you guys are gonna stay pretty busy and i am looking forward to everything you guys got come up coming up that all sounds amazing um i would like to again thank you for taking the time to come on like i super appreciate it and i hope my uh, my listeners appreciate it as well dude thank you for having me this is the first time i've ever done anything like this so it's been a good experience and i appreciate it yeah and then for my listeners, I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to us. It means a lot. Um, you guys uh, always remember like, shading, 
likes rating shares comments talking all of that is super greatly appreciated and um, again thank you guys for your time you guys have a wonderful weekend stay safe stay out of trouble and yeah